morning, everyone. This is Connie Myers, and I'm back with one of my amazing, amazing interviews. I have not met this woman yet, but the conversations we've had so far, I really have to. And I just found out she's coming to Las Vegas, so hopefully I'll get a chance to actually get face-to-face -face with her. Her name is Marie Incontrera, and uh, she found me. She found me, uh, I think, through my Kick Butt Leadership podcast, mm -hmm. and um, I had to get to know her better. So welcome, welcome, Marie. Thank you for joining me. Thank you so much for having me, Connie. So uh, what's the name of your business? And kind of give us a quick overview of what it is that you do. Sure. So the name of my business is Incontrera Consulting. Um, Incontrera is my last name. Um, and we are a social media podcast and a speaking consulting firm. Um, we, we do social media for small businesses and uh, individuals like executives, thought leaders, people with great content. Um, we book people on podcasts, you know, which is, of course, how I found you. Um, and we book people on TEDx. So, so we, we have a coaching uh, service for TEDx. And then we also book people. Um, we find people uh, spots around the country. Awesome. Awesome. Well, um, I went on and listened. She has two TED Talks, by the way, which we'll be talking about in a minute. Mm -hmm. But um, I loved the topics of both of them. So I can't yeah. wait to dive into that. Okay. Well, the first question I always ask everybody is, were you a leader as a child? I'd like to believe I was. Um, I sort of grew up, I, I had brothers and sisters that were much older than me. Um, so I grew up as an only child. Um, it was just me and my mom. And so as a result, I sort of fancied myself a leader. I sort of had had a very active event, imagination and I had, you know, a whole cohort of brothers and sisters in my mind and, and that sort of thing. So, yeah, I'd like to think I was the leader, was a leader as a child. <laughs> um, is there is there any, any skill that you can think of that you had as a child that you use today? Um, well, my imagination was was a big thing. Um, you know, and I, and I definitely use my imagination and my creativity in um, my everyday work as a consultant. Uh-huh. I just realized I didn't turn my phone off and I don't want it to okay. ring. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so how did, uh, what did you do prior to your consulting business? I um, was a full-time musician. I got my degree in composition and I worked for nearly a decade in, um, both classical and jazz music. I had my own band. Um, my band, the last performance that my band did was at Carnegie Hall. So uh, we we had a really fantastic run. It was a really great, great experience. Okay, so now I have to ask you, how did you go from being a jazz musician and classical <laughs> <laughs> to yeah. uh, social media and business consulting and working with, with business clients? Well, funny story. So, um, you know, the thing about being a musician that nobody tells you, uh, and you know, they don't tell you this in music school, is that you can be playing Carnegie Hall and you could be very, very successful and still be broke. And so I was a full-time musician. Um, I was working, I was also working every odd job in creation, you know, anything I could find, teaching music for cash, you know, transcribing music, um, you know, administrative jobs, that sort of thing. And I was broke and I was miserable as a result. Um, you know, I loved doing music, but also I was close to 30. I wasn't very healthy. I was eating, you know, I was eating 
questionable food because I was trying to eat as cheaply as possible. And I really had no life outside of my music. And um, so I was at, at this particularly difficult job and I was really, really kind of at my wits end. And a friend of mine who happens to be um, a business author and consultant um, and who has been very successful at it for many, many years, texted me and she said, I have an idea, quit your job. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> now, how many people in your life can say something like that to you? And, <laughs> and, and actually, and you can listen. So um, I, I sort of said, well, all right, let's see what you have to say. And she was like, well, you know, you're not happy. You're broke. You're, um, you know, you're clearly burnt out. So why don't you become a virtual assistant? She said, you know, set a date for two months from now or a month from now. Start getting your clients lined up. I'll help you. And then quit your job. And the truth is that I was only making, you know, $15,000 a year as a musician. So it wasn't that hard to recoup that income sure. as a virtual assistant. So making that leap actually wasn't very, very difficult. And um, from being a virtual assistant, people started coming to me for certain things. And then eventually I raised my prices and became a consultant. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I, I it's uh, there are not very many people that you would trust when they say right. quit your job. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you not know, it's, it's like it's like when you're a kid and your parents, you know, your you, your parents say why you're doing it that, and you're like, oh, my friend told me to. Well, if your friend jumped off a bridge, would you? Well, well, you know, that's essentially what I did. <laughs> well, I'm I'm sure that almost every entrepreneur out there can yeah. really relate to jumping off the bridge and, and stepping in with both feet. Right. So was it a success right off the bat? Um, it was pretty slow in the beginning. Um, you know, I, I was pretty much making what I had made as a musician pretty quickly. Um, so it felt successful. It felt like, oh, wow, you know, I, I don't even have to commute and I don't have to do this and that and the other thing. So um, it grew slowly and then eventually it just sort of became a little bit more exponential where, you know, once, once I started booking people on TED Talks, everybody wanted it. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So. Absolutely. That's one of my dreams is to do a TED Talk. So, well, let's talk yeah. about your two TED Talks because I've listened mm -hmm. to a lot of TED Talks. And uh, for the first one I listened to was your one uh, about the roller derby. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, what I've forgotten. What is the name of that one? Um, it's Exercise and Earning Potential, I think. I think that's okay. the official name of it. But, yeah. Well, uh, tell us a little bit of, of, of what you talk about in that TED Talk, because it's it's fascinating how you can take roller derby and combine <laughs> it with business. I think that's just, you. And you did such a beautiful job of it. Thank you so much. Um, and I, I, I love roller derby. I, I haven't had the, you know, my mea culpa here is that I haven't had the, my, my business became so busy that I stopped having the time for it. Um, but I still love it and I still, you know, skate when I can, but, um, the premise behind it is, so I joined a team, which is a huge time commitment. And I, um, started tracking my income and it was fast. It was really fast. The, the growth that happened. And so I, I was really interested, um, in it and I sort of didn't track them both on purpose. But then, but then I realized that, wow, I, I really need to do something about this. Um, I started doing some research and it turns out that 
almost every one of the world's top performers are very, very serious about their health and their, and their fitness. Um, Richard Branson, Mark Zuckerberg, you know, um, Ariana Huffington, they all, at the beginning and end of the day, it's, they take care of themselves first. Well, I, I love what you said about uh, they get more sleep than uh, the, the CEOs of companies get right. more sleep mm -hmm. than employees do. Yeah. Because they understand the importance of, of getting plenty of sleep. Right. Right. Exactly. You know, so, and it's, it's on them if, if something goes wrong because they're tired. Right. So. Exactly. So what do you think is the correlation between the exercise? What are the benefits that exercise gives you that help to increase your business the way it did? Um, well, some of them are sort of the ones you'd expect, right? Um, you're, if you're in an employee situation, you take fewer sick days, um, which means if you're an entrepreneur, you have more stamina to do the work that is required of you every day because, you know, being, being an entrepreneur is really, it's, it's athletic. You know, there's, there are long hours, there, there are sprints involved, there's concentration, there's skill, um, there's conditioning involved. So, um, you know, those are, those are sort of the expected benefits. There are things like less anxiety and depression. Um, you know, there, there are things like more longevity in terms of how many years you can work. Sure. And the interesting thing is that um, there was, an, um, there was a um, study done in the Journal of Labor Research and employees who exercise, and we're talking about employees now, people who are hired they go to work every day, they do the work, you know, they're paid by the hour, or they're paid a salary. Um, employees in the same position who exercise, if one person exercises and one person doesn't, the person who exercises is likely to, um, to earn 9% more than the person who doesn't. Wow, 9%? Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, that's really significant, right? Yes, um, it is. And that's because exercise, people who exercise are better problem solvers, they're more alert, they're happier, they're creative. Um, so exercising really makes a difference in your business. Wow. Wow. Well, you know, my kickbutt leadership, kickbutt is all about, mm -hmm. uh, um, now I've forgotten it. <laughs> mindfulness, <laughs> mindfulness meeting, uh, vision, uh, opportunity and engagement. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I talk about is how to increase your stamina mm -hmm. uh, so that makes all kinds of sense it absolutely does yeah so what is one takeaway because oh and and can you talk a little bit about dizzy oh that's in the other one yeah. uh the quote that you had was eleanor roosevelt mm -hmm. i've actually used it a few times it's uh yeah do something every what is it do something do one every, thing every day that scares you mm -hmm. yes exactly yeah so was roller derby scary to you when you started? Oh yeah, <laughs> it never. It actually never stopped being scary um, because you know you're on wheels, you're going fast, and then somebody comes by and, and hits you. And well, there's you know there's no no telling how far you're gonna roll <laughs> when when somebody hits you. You know, um, <laughs> you know. So it it was very very scary. I mean, you know, and there were things that we had to do, like for example, skate backwards. The first time I did it, I was there was something about that that was so scary. I actually cried in front of everybody. <laughs> 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 it is a, an exercise in vulnerability. 
for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, um, your other TED talk also fascinated mm -hmm. me. And and now I kind of understand a little bit more why. Yeah. Because of the jazz background that you have. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. boy, being able to play in Carnegie Hall is a very big deal. Thank so you. Congratulations on that. Thank you. Um, do you still play it fun, for fun in a band or anything like that? Um, I do. I have um, a, one of the great things about being an entrepreneur is that I don't have the time to do music full time anymore. And so I get to only take the gigs that I really like. So there's an avant-garde theater company that whenever they call, I say, yes. You know, there are a few collaborators that whenever they say, hey, I have an idea, I say yes. You know, and everything else, I'm kind of like, because, you know, another thing about being a musician is that you kind of have to take the gigs you're not happy about sometimes. Absolutely. You know, because and and it's not fun to play music you're not excited about. Well, so. I loved when you were in, uh, in the TED Talk talking about Dizzy Gillespie. Can you mm -hmm. kind of share with that that story with everybody? Yeah, sure. So um, Dizzy Gillespie was a trumpet, a young trumpet player. Um, he was learning from his uh, parents in the church. You know, learning gospel music and learning how to play. Um, and the thing about learning music from in sort of the oral tradition is that it's very, very different than if you go into a conservatory and learn there. And because the conservatories at the time, um, they were pushing out classical musicians exclusively because this was really before jazz, right? Before jazz was really a thing uh, and before it was an academic thing for sure. And uh, they were teaching musicians how to be good orchestral players. And when you play in an orchestra, if you play the trumpet, it's your tone is very specific. It has to blend well. You don't puff your cheeks. You don't, you know, create an ugly sound. It has to be regal. It has to work well with the other brass instruments and the and the wind instruments and the strings and etc. But Dizzy Gillespie, because he was learning by himself, he learned the trumpet wrong. And <laughs> I use big air quotes around the word wrong. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, and he puffed his cheeks and. That became his his brand. To you know, if, if you Google Dizzy Gillespie, most of the pictures that you're going to find are of him with big puffed out cheeks. You know, exactly. he's got his whole lower face is out, um, and he's got the trumpet to his lips, and he's kind of like blowing to high heaven, you know. Um, and the sound was wrong for classical music. If you tried to put Dizzy Gillespie in an in an orchestra, it would be a disaster. But that sound was so. It was so unique and it was so perfect for a jazz band that he became one of the great fathers of jazz. Oh, absolutely. I'm a big jazz fan. So yeah. I gotta, next time I come to New York, I got to hear you play. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> so, so how does uh, how does a jazz relate to business? Well, um, the correlation that I found most interesting was innovation. You know, um, jazz is really, it's never about being perfect. Um, and the most interesting soloists are the ones who play ugly sometimes and the ones who make mistakes and who use the notes that really aren't in the scale, you know, um, because if you play too cleanly, you're considered a square, you know? <laughs> and even, <laughs> I mean, I love that term. It's a silly term, but it's true. You know, um, they jazz, jazz bands and jazz, Leaders want you to be interesting. They'd rather you be interesting than you be perfect. And even the genre itself isn't set up for perfection. You know, classical, you go, you sit down, you pay a high ticket price, 
and you don't clap until the end. But in jazz, if you go to a club, you have a drink, you can talk, you can clap after somebody uh, plays a solo or you can respond to the solo. Um, so it's really, it's innovative. And that was the thing that I took with me into business was, you know, if you're not, if you're not afraid to get a little messy, you're going to go obsolete. Right. Right. I, I think that's a really important point that it, you, you have to be okay with being messy first. I have right. a, I have a, a really good, she's part of my a mastermind group that I'm a part of. And she, mm -hmm. She always says, do it messy first. Yeah. Yeah. And she's always like doing something new that like the first time we did a we did a conference a lot online conference together. Mm -hmm. She had never even turned on the software yet. Right. <laughs> and, and so the first one was definitely messy. Right. Right. <laughs> but she proves the fact that you if you do it messy, first of all, you learn much quicker. And and it really doesn't matter what oh, yeah. kind of business you're in. If you just jump in and, and start doing it then you will learn right. the finer points. Right. So, mm -hmm. well, um, tell us a little bit about, so uh, you help people get into TED Talks and you help people mm -hmm. with podcasting. And um, there's a lot of people that want to get into podcasting. Sure. Um, what is maybe one thing you could tell them is the best way to, to get started? Well, be open to talking about yourself. You know, I have a lot of people who uh, the first time they come to me, they'll say something like, well, I'm really shy, you know, or, oh, I don't like talking about myself. I just want my work to get out there. Well, you have to. You have to talk about yourself. And, you know, the other thing is be open to a conversation, right? right. Like, you know, the best podcasts that I've ever listened to and also the best podcasters out there are the ones that have a conversation because at the end of the day, you know, Nobody's going to listen, want to listen to me say, hey, buy my book, join my online course, you know, uh, take my consulting services. Here's the price. You should work with me because I'm the best. Like no, nobody, nobody wants to hear that. They want to yeah. hear what your experience is. They want to hear why you do what you do and what you're passionate about. And if that relates, then great. Then, they, then they're invited to have a conversation with you or buy your book or take your course exactly. or whatever the case is. Yeah, I, I, I honestly believe that uh, the Facebook Live interviews like this, I think, mm -hmm. first of all, they're the most fun. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I try not to structure them too strongly mm -hmm. because uh, that's where the best conversation happens. You know? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I do one every month with a gentleman in Australia. And just before we go live, each of us take turns. We'll pick a, we'll pick a topic, like mm -hmm. maybe one word, like success or meditation. Yeah or something yep. like that and then we go live and we we have no idea where it's going to go right and, <laughs> like and those, those are the best conversations ever yeah so, that sounds awesome yeah. yeah um and then your your social media do you do other work in social media or is it primarily podcasting and that sort of thing um well social media is all about um my philosophy behind social media especially if you're a thought leader or you have a product or something like that whether it's you know re blog readership or your own podcast or an online course or that, uh, that sort of thing is really building trust with your audience so that when it's time to sell, they'll, they'll buy and, and they won't be able to think of anybody else to buy from than you. No better person, right? right. So um, to me, social media is really about all, all about creating brand awareness and trust and you know vibrance around your product and uh -huh. your, your philosophy. Wow. 
That's great. Great advice. So, and then if somebody wants, like for me, for example, when I finish my course, mm -hmm. I want to be able to do a TED talk. Yeah. How hard is it to do a TED talk? Well, everybody's different. Um, and my, my firm gives a guarantee uh, for the people that we pitch ourselves. Uh, so we sort of have different levels. You know, some people just want some coaching, some some talk coaching or some idea coaching. Some people want us to pitch them. And the thing about that is we come with a guarantee. So we'll do it until we get we get it for you. And some people, it happens right away. Some people, you know, if they have a more general idea or it's something that, you know, might not fit universally as much as, an, uh, you know, somebody else's idea, it might take, you know, five or six months, but um, it's time consuming. I will say that it's time consuming because every TEDx application process is different. Uh, some of them are really rigorous. Some of them are easy and it's, yeah. So basically, you know, our, what we're doing is not rocket science. It's really just about knowing the process. Absolutely. Isn't that true with most things? Yeah, absolutely. And who has the time to do it? So you might yeah, as well. Exactly. You know I mean? And is that, is that in your wheelhouse? Is that something that you're good at? Yeah, exactly. The one thing that I've learned is that if I'm not good at something, the best the best thing I can do is delegate it to somebody else. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, agreed. Well, if somebody wanted to reach out to you, how do they find you? Um, my website is incontrera.com. So that's I-N-C-O-N-T-R-E-R-A.com. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, email me, marie.incontrera at gmail.com. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Maria, I was really looking forward to this conversation. And I want to personally yeah. thank you for sending me some of these amazing, amazing people to interview. It's been, uh, I'm loving thank it. Thank you so much. I'm absolutely thank loving you. it. <laughs> So and, and they love you. I will say that, you know, I, I hear back and then they're like, that was a great interview. So, oh, awesome. Well, that's good to know. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I really enjoyed having you and, and thank you so much for joining me today. And for anybody, please reach out to her. She's an amazing lady. And I can tell you that just in watching her TED Talks, I definitely learned a couple of things thank you. to, uh, to uh, put into my, into my process and into my work. <laughs> and for me, I'm Connie Myers. And you can reach me at, con at kickbuttleadership.com. Uh, my, my Facebook page is, and by the way, Connie is spelled C-O-N-I. And it's M-E-Y-E-R-S. And you can find me on Facebook. Also, I have a founders page on there. So reach out to me if you would like to uh, check out my courses or my books. My Crystalline Moments book is being read all around the world. I have four best-selling books. And uh, join me every week right here. I, or I try to do an interview every single week. And I also have a Saturday morning that I call to 70 and beyond, which you don't have to be 70 to watch. So there you go. Anyway, thank you so much for joining us today. And I hope that all of you out there that are either joining us live or on the replay will have a fabulous day. And maybe you should think about taking up roller derby for your business. Just saying. <laughs> okay, thank you so much. And we will talk to you soon. Bye now.